Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Who are those guys? I'm Galen. And I'm Doug. And we're those movie guys. Bringing movie reviews and previews to the masses since 2007. Today is May 6, 2007, and on today's show we look at two movies from writer-director Edgar Wright and writer Simon Pegg. We look at the theatrical release of Hot Fuzz, and then we review the DVD of Shaun of the Dead. And then coming up later on the show, we go, Galen and I discuss our top five movie parodies. Okay, but first, as usual, we'll start with our theatrical release review of Hot Fuzz. The problem with film parody is that no matter what you choose to lampoon, somebody has already done it. With Hot Fuzz, parody specialists Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg take on the cop genre, and they certainly aren't the first to do so. Despite this, is Hot Fuzz an enjoyable film, or does it have a distinctive been-there-done-that feel? Well, I don't think it has a been there, done that feel. I think it's a, it's its own movie. However, I don't think it's entirely successful. Okay. All right. It, it is a good comedy. I certainly laugh through it. There are some moments that that are very humorous. It had interesting characters, and some of the uh, action scenes are pretty intense. Mm -hmm. But I, I thought the movie just seemed a little unfocused. It was kind of. The tone was very sloppy. It was kind of one thing at the beginning, something else in the middle, and then something else entirely in the end. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. For me, though, the primary way of judging a comedy is does it make you laugh? And for me, it does. I, I always like to start with what I like, mm -hmm. so I'm going to... I'm not sure how far apart you and I will be on this, but I'm going to start with what I like. And the one thing I liked is it doesn't get too cheesy, which is the first trap that parodies often fall into, of getting too ridiculous. Well, and it doesn't fall into the second trap, which the movie's like the not-another teen movie, gay movie, fill-in-the-blank movie, uh, fall into of lampooning too many things. They make fun of every single movie. Right, that made. can be a problem. And this, I felt, was very focused in the sense that it took on not just the cop genre, but really a handful of films, you know, the type of film that, you know, where the, it's the two cops against the entire world. Right. And, and I agree with everything you said. I, I did laugh, and I thought it was focused, and I guess as a parody goes, mm -hmm. it works. But I just didn't enjoy some of the moments kind of turned almost too serious. And See, I, I didn't have that problem with this film. But, um, and we'll get into that later, but I didn't have the, that problem with Hot Fuzz. I thought that it didn't get too serious for the most part. There were parts that bordered on it in the ending. I thought it was going to make that critical mistake, but it doesn't. It, it cuts itself. back. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it went a little too far even with what they did have in the ending. Yeah. But, but it was kind of cool, I have to admit. The ending was kind of funny. Right. Well, and that's another point I wanted to get to. For me... A comedy should 
every movie should build towards its climax. And in a comedy, I think that means it should get funnier and funnier as it progresses, and the funniest sequence in the film should be the climax. I mean, there are tons of films that you could think of as an example. Little Miss Sunshine comes to mind. That it continually gets funnier until the final sequence, the whole theater was just flipping out. And I thought that Hot Fuzz did that. I thought that as you watched it, it kept getting funnier and funnier. And I thought the final sequence was the funniest part of the whole movie. Now, the converse to that is that I thought it was almost painfully slow to get started. I agree. Within I the first half hour, 45 minutes, I don't know if I laughed once. Maybe a, a small chuckle. Yeah. But, but even still, what happened during that time certainly wasn't needed. No. And, you know, there are some... The, the only jokes, really, in the first half hour, 45 minutes, are the... Which Simon Pegg just loved. Or not Simon Pegg. Edgar Wright's the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just loves in the quick cuts and yeah. the, the almost visual pun that he has with, you know, he'll cut from someone saying one thing to something else happening. Right. And um, sometimes those work, and sometimes they're almost too frantic, and yeah. you get disoriented. Sometimes. But I, I, I got used to them. I liked it, for the most part, in this film, because I think he used it more for humor and less as a visual gimmick. Right. For instance, the scene where he comes home, and there's like a quick cut as he his uniform goes on the shelf. Yeah, and uh, an event happens, and in the next second, he's picking it back. Yeah, after yeah. That quick cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, it was funny how the cuts would just show minutes go by, and you wouldn't even notice it. It was, right. It was a um, pretty cool thing. Uh, what did you think about the acting? I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, at first, you know, sometimes. When you watch these films, especially when the actors are British, mm-hmm. I tend to get lost in the accent that I can't understand. Uh, but I didn't have that problem with this. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, of course, because it's a... Go ahead. For me, I felt that Nick Frost stole the show as Danny Butterman. He was I I thought that he was the funniest one, and I think that's why the movie started to get funnier after a half an hour, 45 minutes. Because he doesn't minutes. Minute until about a exactly. half hour, 45 minutes. And, um, you know, Simon Pegg is almost kind of the straight man. Right. And... But he it, plays the part well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, nothing wrong with the performances from anyone else. Uh, it, it, Timothy Dalton's a little weird, but... Even he wasn't too bad. I think a lot of it was he wasn't... His character wasn't written exceptionally well. Yeah. But I really loved Nick Frost. He was hilarious. Uh, the other two characters I could not stand in this film were the Andes. I can't remember the names of the actors who played them. Were they but the detectives? they were the detectives. Yeah. And I, <laughs> they just irritated me the whole film. I just, well, but I, to the film's credit, I think they were meant to. <laughs> well, maybe, but there are certain emotions I don't know what you... I don't think you want your audience to feel. And one of them is boredom, and the other one is irritation. I don't think you really want to do that. You want the audience to understand why the other characters find them annoying. But you yourself want to be amused by them. So, it, were there any other points that you had? 
Um, no, actually, I thought the movie was was pretty good. As far as trying to figure out, you know, the who done it. I guess it's right. not really a who done it movie, but no, you're not really. I don't think you're gonna figure it out. It, no, it's not a movie that gives you clues that leads up to its climax. The climax is unexpected, but right. And I didn't feel cheated by no, it. No, because it, it's, it's funny. funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, don't don't expect to to follow the character yeah. as he's trying to figure out. I don't this think, out. though, this is a... Like most parodies, I don't think you really care about the plot. True. It, I, I think you're more so just entertained by watching the characters lampoon the traditional setup for this type of movie. So what are you going to give Hot Fox Well, to? I'll have to admit... I think you changed my review a little bit. I was going to give it a lower score, but I, I think I'm going to bump it up to a four. All right. Well, that's what I'm giving it a four out of five as well. I think a four out of five alone for Tim, seeing Timothy Dalton finally get what he deserves from the living daylights <laughs> and uh, a license to kill. So I think we're both saying check out Hot Fuzz and you probably won't be disappointed. Yes. Our next film is Shaun of the Dead, released in 2004. In Shaun of the Dead, writers Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg set out to lampoon one of the most popular horror subgenres, the zombie movie. However, like Hot Fuzz, this is not exactly new territory, as there have been numerous zombie parodies in the past, and even the more serious zombie films, such as Evil Dead and the more recent Slither, often have both intentional and unintentional comedic undertones. So, does Shaun of the Dead freshen up the old zombie parody template, or is it another trip down a very familiar road? Well, I'd like to say that it's a little of the... Certainly, Edgar Wright has a distinctive style, and I don't think we've ever seen a zombie movie shot the way that Shaun of the Dead is shot. Right. And, um... Also, it does throw an interesting perspective on it. I mean, and there are some very funny moments throughout the film. You know, I, one of the funniest things, I think, is in the beginning, whenever it takes them almost half the movie to figure out that the people are zombies. Right. <laughs> and I, I thought that was hilarious, that they just didn't notice what was happening. I, I also love the ending the, when they show what happens to the zombies after, oh, yeah. <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was hilarious as well. But as far as being a retread, I think thematically we've kind of been down this road before. You know, it's an interesting commentary on zombies and, and this sort of modern conformist culture, but... You know, haven't we seen this before from George Romero, well, who he does did it a lot Night better. of the Living Dead yes. and and uh, Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. And you're right, he does do it better because it's much more subtle in those films, whereas in Shaun of the Dead, it's blatant. Yeah. They're slamming it in your face that, oh, we're all zombies. Well, I didn't care for this one near as much as Hot Fuzz. And, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, in my review of Hot Fuzz, I mentioned that the Hot Fuzz kind of started out as one thing and then turned into something else. Well, this movie has that effect much, much greater. Oh, yes. The, the tone here 
really changes. I thought the humor was great in like the first 45 minutes to an hour. Then in like the last 40 minutes, it gets dark and very, yeah. very serious. Well, too and, serious. And not even continuously dark. It, it kind of hops around in tone. And it's, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think if you change the, t- the only movie I can think about that changed the tone successfully would be The Bird. And that was Alfred Hitchcock. And, and you know, he did thousands of things that no other director could ever do. Right, but he pulled them off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, I, you know, the fact of the matter is, Edgar Wright, I, I think we both agree that he's a good director, but he's not Hitchcock. And th- no. this is quite a difficult thing to pull off here. I, I agree with you. The, the plot with the mother, and I won't give anything away, but... It's far too serious. Yeah, I agree. It, I, almost to the point that you are you are completely pulled out of the film at that point because it's like you're watching a new movie all of a sudden. Well, and, and at the time of that event, you're almost thinking, "Well, this is a parody. They're gonna there's gonna be some right. sort of spin on it, and there isn't." Right. It it's a serious misstep in a comedic film. I agree. Uh, another issue that I have is the actress Nicola Cunningham, who plays Mary, um, uh, Sean's former girlfriend. I think that she has probably the best delivery and comic timing in the entire movie. I thought her... It, it was just... Every time she stepped into the movie, it elevated the wit of it. I don't know. I just loved her delivery of her lines. There was just something about her presence. But the problem is, she's horribly underused. I bet you she only has about three or four minutes of screen time in the entire film, if even that much. When I admit she's a great character, I'm not so sure about the lines and stuff she said, but I know in particular there's a scene where when they're escaping from the zombies, and by that I mean uh, Simon Pegg's character, Sean, and his group yeah. of friends, and he meets up with Mary's character. It's kind of funny how the, the two parties of friends are, like, direct parallel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even when they pass by each other. <laughs> right, it, it reminded me a little bit of the Seinfeld episode where they, <laughs> they run into the bizarro world. Jay. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was funny, and... You know, I wasn't necessarily saying that her lines are any funnier than any of the rest, but I just felt that she had that perfect, dry, droll, British wit. Uh, her delivery was just, I thought, fantastic for that type of a film. Whenever it was a comedy, at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you said for Hot Fuzz, I actually thought it was Nick Frost that stole the show again. Yeah, I think he and Simon Pegg are a perfect comedy pair. I mean, they right. they act well together. They play off each other together perfect. And that held up in this movie as well as Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it, it definitely reminds you of the classic uh, fat, skinny yeah, comedy yeah. duos. I mean, we could go on forever listing those, but there's there's just something to that dynamic. But uh, another issue I have are with Lucy Davis and Dylan Moran, who play Liz's friends. And I just felt that they were 
<laughs> they were there too much. They were overused. And they were Didn't dull. really provide any interest no. at all. They were boring, and there wasn't anything special about them. So, I, I mean, there are some funny moments whenever... Uh, the the woman uh, Diane is trying to teach them how to act like yeah, yeah I mean that that's a funny moment but for the most part not really basically you know the the movie has a lot of funny parts but it's just in uneven. the beginning yeah yeah uh, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with this one I'm not gonna be changing my my <laughs> score on this one I'm giving it a two. Alright, well, I'm not giving it that low. I'm going to give it a three, because I think if you watch it, you'll laugh, but it's not something that you'll watch again and again. So, if you're a fan of Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, then I would definitely check this out, but otherwise, I think you can probably miss it. Well, since our first two films were parodies, we thought this would be a good time to count down our top five list of our favorite parodies. Okay, Doug, so I'm going to give you the honors of starting us off. All right, well, my number five choice is actually a series. It's the Naked Gun series. Mm -hmm. um, this, I think, is a great parody on the cop genre, similar to Hot Fuzz, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have some of the... the Pitfalls, I'd say Hot Fuzz does. Although, you did convince me to like Hot right. Fuzz more. I didn't quite give it a bad score of four stars. But I really like the Naked Gun series. I thought Leslie Nielsen was hilarious. And I'm, I'm a stickler for... Or a, I love slapstick. That's the word. Oh, <laughs> there you I go. like slapstick comedy, and this had lots of it. Oh, yeah. Those are great films. My number five is from a man who this could almost be a list named after him, Mel Brooks. Oh, jeez. It's Spaceballs. You know, it's Spaceballs, it may not be the greatest film ever made, but I tell you what, since I first saw it in third grade, I laugh every time every I see time. it. It just, it has some of the most iconic moments that everybody knows about the asshole part. Right. Everybody knows about the Statue of Liberty part. And a lot of people love the, the films that it's parodying. Oh, so. absolutely, yes. That helps whenever you're <laughs> lampooning some of the most popular films of all time. Right. So, really, Rick Moranis, it's probably his funniest <laughs> performance. Oh, uh, you know. what about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, like I said, it's funny as performance, except for possibly a little shop of horrors, but definitely worth checking out, although I'm sure most of you probably already have. And are probably addicted to it like we are. <laughs> yes. Well, my number four choice is kind of an interesting one. It's the animated feature Shrek. Mm -hmm. And I liked it because I thought it, it was a, an interesting take on the, the fantasy fantasy genre and if you even go to shrek 2 they make a lot of pop culture references right. that are funny you know kind of medievalizing if you will yeah a lot of current day events and current day places so i thought even though i'm only giving it to shrek 1 and we'll see how shrek the third when's that do out pretty soon it's the end of may is it yeah well shrek 4 made my top five well, my number four is your number five, Naked Gun. Oh. 
And I would say the first two. I wasn't a fan of the third. I liked the third. But it, it definitely, I agree with most of what you said. It, they were very funny comedy, uh, cop comedies, you right. know? And uh, more so making fun of television cop dramas than film. True, very true. That More so the dragness yeah. and, and shows such as that, but... Definitely funny. Leslie Nielsen at his best, really, who has kind of fallen off the face of the earth, mm. as, as it were. <laughs> but he he's never been funnier than he was in those films. Right. There, there's very rarely a moment that isn't right. completely hilarious. Though I definitely say it's weird seeing O.J. Simpson yeah. on screen. Yes, but, <laughs> but beyond I that... I think in a way with... What's happened now? It almost makes it funnier. It does. In a, <laughs> it does in a way. So that's my number four. All right. Well, my number three choice is a parody off the James Bond films. It is Austin Powers. Oh, the first one. The first one. Oh. I didn't really care for the second or the third, but the first one I thought was great. I could kill myself for not putting that on. I don't know how I forgot this. That's a great choice. I mean, definitely. The The problem with the sequels is that they almost turn toward poop jokes. Right. And other types of comedy bits that just aren't what the movie should be about. And, and the first two did such a great job parodying pretty much all the James Bond films, there was nothing left for them to parody, so they right. had to turn to poop jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, definitely a great choice, and you have shamed me for <laughs> failing to think of it. Well, my number three choice is yet another Mel Brooks film. He, I definitely am conflicted with putting him multiple times on the list, but I think of anyone, he deserves it on this parody list. It's History of the World Part 1, a parody of historical epics, really. True. And he basically tried to make fun of every time period of historical epic that he could. And one of his funniest films, one of his raunchiest films as well, and mm -hmm. definitely something that I laugh at every time I see, just like mm -hmm. Spaceballs. Well, I guess I won't go into too much detail with my number two choice, because we've mentioned them already. I gave it to the Mel Brooks line of movies. Oh, yeah. Most notably for me was Spaceballs, and I put Young Frankenstein on there, too. Mm. Simply because we just talked about uh, Shaun of the Dead with the zombie and the monster movie, so I thought I'd give mention to Young Frankenstein. Plus, I love the song Putting on the Ritz, and that's that probably is, the funniest part that, of the that movie. That is one of the funniest moments of the movie. Uh, with the um, the late, great Peter Boyle. Yes. Fantastic. My number two, I won't go into a whole lot, is Shrek. And like you said, a great parody of the fairy tale genre. Definitely, I love the postmodern slant they put on it. You're right about Shrek 2 being funny as well. I almost think that they step a little outside of parody, kind of like the Austin Powers do, because... They've already lampooned right. the fairy tale thing. Now, fortunately, they don't go into poop jokes. They went into pop culture, pop culture jokes. References. The problem with that is, in ten years, is Shrek Two going to be as funny as it is now? Probably not. And it will probably only be funny to a selective audience who remembers the pop culture right. that they're referring exactly. to. Exactly. 
So it will become more of a niche thing, but still a funny niche. Okay, well, my number one choice, I think you might argue with me on whether it's actually a parody or not, but I'm going to call it one. And uh, people who've listened to the past podcasts at our list, I'm going to try and put this movie at number one for as many lists as I can. <laughs> and it's Sin City. I think you could call it a parody of the film noir genre. Because I don't think you can take the film that serious. Right. I, I mean, it's something all its own, which is why I would call it a parody. I wouldn't just call it a film noir. No, you're movie. right. You're right. I I don't know. I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, you better. <laughs> For shaming me with Austin Powers, you earned that. But I, I would call it more of a send-up, because it... At least for me, I think that a parody has to be for comedic intent, and I don't think most of Sin City is necessarily for that. But I, I see where you're coming. I don't know, because I'm laughing a lot of the time through Sin City. I, yeah. I love the film. I think a lot of the stuff they do, I guess it's not... I don't know. I think it's a parody. I think what they're doing is paying tribute. Right. But that can be parody as well. Yeah. I. You're right. I, and parody doesn't necessarily have to be funny. I know 99% of the time it is. And, right. and this movie is funny. A lot of the events that take place in Sin no, City, I, you are laughing. They are funny. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can't really argue with that. I wouldn't traditionally put that in that genre, but you're not crazy for doing so. Just for... Giving. It's better than your choice, not another teen movie. <laughs> no, oh, no, my God, yeah, my number one choice is Mel Brooks Strikes Again, <laughs> Young Frankenstein. You know, we already got into Peter Boyle's performance. Yeah. is fantastic as uh, as the monster. Gene Wilder is hilarious. Who talked about people who it'd be great to see come back. And it'd be great to see another Mel Brooks movie. And if he does one, why not get Gene Wilder out of retirement and, and see what you can do since... Really, those two started their film careers together. Right. It'd be fantastic to see them and what they could do. So, I guess that's all I'll say about it, since we already talked about it a little. So, those are our lists, and, you know, we had a little bit of disagreement, but... And mine was basically devoted to Mel Brooks. <laughs> if anyone deserves that, he does. Right. And I think Doug probably won the parody list challenge, because... He uh, didn't take his lazy away out as I did <laughs> and just put Mel Brooks' filmography up there. But Well, and of course, <laughs> we encourage you to get on the message boards and list your favorite parodies and maybe yes. make us both feel retarded at some of the things we might have missed. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, that's all for today's show. If you would like to review any of the ratings that we gave the movies that we covered today, please visit thosemovieguys.blogspot.com. There you can find more in-depth reviews, our star ratings, as well as links to items that we may have covered in the show. Plus, you can subscribe to our feed. Also, you can visit Google Groups at groups.google.com. 
when you're there, search for Those Movie Guys. You can post a message to our forums. And you can also email us at thosemovieguys at gmail.com. It's thosemovieguys at gmail.com. We look forward to any feedback that you can give us about why we're retarded. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.